This is the Average Guy Network, and you have found Home Gadget Geeks, show number 512, recorded on November 11th, 2021. Here on Home Gadget Geeks, we cover all the favorite tech gadgets that find their way News, reviews, product updates, and conversation, all for the average tech guy. I'm your host, Jim Collison, broadcasting live from the AverageGuy.tv studios here. And this is the part where I would say to Mike in a beautiful Bellevue, Nebraska. Mike is out tonight. Our guest our guest host, Brian Flanagan Arthurs, is with us tonight. Brian, welcome to Home Gadget Geeks. Great to have you. Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate you having me. You're, to be here. you're usually in the chat room, faithfully in yes. the chat room. <laughs> Brian F., if you've ever... Uh, if you've ever hung out in our, in our chat room, we have to do the obligatory weather. Uh, beautiful here. We, we actually, we had a bunch of wind. It's getting colder. You're in Phoenix. Does the weather ever change there? I mean, does it ever get cold or is it just I, hot all the time? I think we've got the best weather in the country right now, actually. Uh, we're, we're in the mid to high 80s and uh, our lows are in the uh, mid to high 50s, low yeah. 60s. And it's just gorgeous right now. This is the time. This is this makes all that 110 degree temperatures <laughs> worth it. <laughs> yeah, I listen. I I know you believe that, but I I'm a cold weather guy. I you know today I was out doing a little yard work. I was in shorts. It was you know 47, and I was like, I love this. Like mm-hmm. that for me, it's got to get about 40, maybe in the 30s before I stop kind of wearing shorts out there but i was you know i was like so i'm a cold weather guy apparently you're okay with the warm weather down there in phoenix yeah i yeah. actually you know it's not that i like the hot weather but i'll take that over the cold <laughs> okay yeah well hey you've been there you've lived there your whole life so not you know you like it. it 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 works for some i don't know why i again i i just could not that and they always say it's a dry heat right but i just yeah. couldn't it gets pretty muggy here in Nebraska in the summers and just really hot and really humid, you know, heat indexes of, you know, 105, 110 with humidity. That's terrible. So I don't know why I'm saying anything about Phoenix because <laughs> we just, it just doesn't last as long. You know, we get a couple of weeks of it and then it kind of goes away, but, but. Yeah. And if you're indoors and you're, um, you know, for work, it's, it's not too yeah, bad. Yeah. I, the electricity bill isn't fun, but, uh, but yeah, if you're indoors, just that short walk between the door and your car door and then yeah. a few minutes cooling down your car. Yeah. yeah. Everybody everybody have white cars just for that reason or does it doesn't matter? I would say there's probably a disproportionate amount of white yeah. cars in yeah. Phoenix. Yeah. I'd imagine there's all kinds of trickery that goes in <laughs> to, to keeping cars cool. Well, hang tight one second. Uh, let me get a couple things out of the way. We'll get to know you a little bit. Happy Veterans Day uh, here in the United States. We separate that on November 11th. And so big thanks to all those who served, and, and I would say all those who supported those who served. My wife wished me a happy Veterans Day today, and I said, I couldn't do this without you. So there, there's a lot that goes into that, but a happy Veterans Day uh, to those, and thanks for your service if you've served uh, in the military. And I'd, I'd even say around the world, if you've given time, if they've given a part of your life to defend whatever th- that you need to defend, happy Veterans Day. From that standpoint, big thanks to Gavin Campbell who joined us last week. Gavin was great; just had a good time with him, and and so Gavin, thanks for coming on. Uh, he'll be back. We'll bring him back uh, sometime after the first of the year. We got some things to talk about with him, but 
big thanks to Gavin uh, uh, for coming on as well. Brian, let's get to know you a little bit. Just give us a little bit. What do you do? Like, what do you do for a living? What, what keeps you busy during the day? And then we'll talk a little bit about your tech hobbies. Sure. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I'm a school teacher by trade. Uh, I teach students and uh, primarily uh, economics and uh, various other electives. Um, I work at a school that's an, uh, what they call an alternative charter school. Uh, we service students who are 16 years and older who are, um, they, they have to be behind in credits to come on board with us. And uh, I'd say I, I love every day of my job. Uh, we've got a lot of good, motivated kids. That's great to hear. I yeah. As we were talking pre-show about it, I was like, you know, I never thought about what happens to students who don't, who can't graduate in, in the traditional time frame and who are motivated to. Some aren't. Yeah. Your sounds like your students kind of are motivated. Did COVID throw a wrench in your system and, and in what ways did it affect it? And is it coming back? Yeah, certainly. Uh, you know, just like everyone else, uh, many schools that went home and worked remotely uh, for a while. Uh, where I work, uh, we ended up uh, probably even longer than most uh, school districts around actually kept our kids at home longer. And um, we went from March of 20 all the way through uh, mid-April of 21 working from home. Mm. And then uh, even at that point, uh, staff came back and then it was optional for kids uh, whether they were going to come back or stay remote. And I would say at that point, for the remainder of last school year, uh, there was probably about uh, two-thirds to three-quarters of the kids who uh, try uh, decide to stay mm. uh, remote. And um, this school year, we required it to be in person. There wasn't a, a home option unless it was um, for issues related to quarantine. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, when they were quarantined, then, of course, they had the option to, or the requirement, I guess, to work at home in that way. We had a group, uh, I want to say last fall. So about maybe this time last year, we kind of convened to say, what, how are we doing? What's it looking like? We're, a, we're another year kind of away from that school year has started. You're, you're, you're in anything for, for you or, or in the work that you're doing that, that came out of this time that you're going to keep didn't exist before, but like, you're like, Oh, this is really good. I'm going to hold on to this. Anything like that, that, where it just, you, you kind of figured this thing out? Yeah, certainly. One thing that's really helped, uh, our school district invested in Microsoft Teams. Mm. And uh, that was a product. Uh, we When we when we initially um, left spring break of the previous school year, the uh, 1920 year, in March of 20, from there till May, um, we really didn't have a good real-time communication with our students. Um, you know, we would make phone calls and then everything else was asynchronous. So mm-hmm. going over like... Uh, either traditional email or uh, we had a, um, a structured canvas type program that the students would interact, you know, asynchronously with us, but we didn't have that real time communication on a regular basis. And uh, once um, we started it, the following, uh, once the new school year began, the 2021 school year, we got Microsoft teams pretty quickly on board. Uh, it was amazing. Cause we had the literally, I mean, for adults, um, you know, I would say folks in their 20s, 30s, 40s, we, they picked it up pretty relatively easily. Yeah. Some people who weren't as tech savvy, it was a little harder, especially in a remote setting to learn how to do it, use a new platform. Mm-hmm. And then um, uh, for our students, you know, they're, man, those kids, they can figure things out. And mm-hmm. they figured out Microsoft Teams faster than the adults, I think. Yeah. Um, and so we had some good successes. But now you're asking now that we're back. Yeah, yeah. we're 
we kept Microsoft Teams. It's a great communication tool that we use between um, both staff and students. And, um, you know, even when you factor in the things like, um, even when you're back in person, you're looking at ideas like social distancing and making sure that, you know, you're respecting that space with the students uh, even more so. And uh, with uh, Microsoft Teams, there are certain things that you can communicate a quick response to a student that's in your classroom versus having to go up next to them for a longer period of time. So it's just keeping everyone safer and yeah. it's great. Yeah. I, I think teams, <laughs> it's greatly improved. We, we had been a early adopter in, in late 18, early 2019 on the teams and everybody was kind of skeptical of it. And then of course, you know, uh, early 2000, this hits, we're forced onto it. I shouldn't say forced onto it. That sounds bad, yeah. but it's like, okay, we got, we're, we're going home, right? We're going to do this thing. And man, it wasn't ready. Uh, and it has grown up fast and I'm not, it's still, I mean, well, they all do, but, yeah. uh, but certainly do you have any, you know, teams is quite extensible where, you know, a zoom, you don't really think about doing development on top of zoom, but teams is kind of a, like, it's a platform. There's plugins for it and things you can do with it. Do you guys lock that down or do you, do, this, do you ever find the students use some of those features, but like, most people just use it for video conferencing, but it's got to-do lists. It's got, you know, other like other plugins you can put in. Do you have any problems with that? No, we our our IT department locks things down yeah. pretty hard. Okay. Um, we so I mean we'll have I think the, the funnest things the kids can do is throwing GIF files into mm -hmm. the chat and mm -hmm. things like that. But I, and I work with the older kids. Our our younger students. It may even be more locked down than that at the elementary school. We yeah. I remember when GIFs went live for us. That's <laughs> all it was for like a week. Everybody just home, oh, you know, you could, you could, I was like, all right, guys, settle down. Like this has been around a while. Okay. This is not like, this is a new thing, but I, I, it's been interesting in the enterprise space to see how that's become acceptable from, uh, yeah. you know, in, you know, we, we run a pretty, at Gallup, we run a pretty we are on the side of freedom as opposed to restrictions, right? And so we right. allow kind of people to make their own decisions and it's gotten appropriate. I mean, I, I think yeah. there's some moments where I'm having some communication and somebody will just put a funny gif in and it's actually a, in some cases, it's a great way to communicate. Like it gets the point across. I know most of the time we use it, you know, you know, this is dumb or whatever. Right. Yeah. But there's, there's, I think there's actually times when it can communicate how somebody's really feeling and you get, you get more than just, you know, OMG, right? I agree. And, and when you think about even, especially when you're working from home during that time, being able to almost communicate that humanity over a platform was extremely important to yeah. needed at that time. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I, you know, and I've, I've got some folks that I work with and, you know, there's just appropriate times they pop it in. It just makes me laugh. You know, and I, it's just like, oh, okay, yeah, this is, this is actually kind of more fun than being in person, you know, yeah. to, to do it this way. And um, uh, so you're back full time. Kids are back in. It's working. Is it? Is it? Does it feel like it's back to normal, or is it a new normal? Like, did it affect it in a way that it's just not ever going to be the same again for the way you guys did it before, or how is that working from the way the classroom works? Sure. Um it's definitely, we go in phases and our phase is still backed up one or two phases mm. uh, before it's what, quote unquote, that new normal. Yeah. Um, our, where, where I work, it's, it's, 
they're being extremely cautious, which and uh, keeping you know staff and students safe. Um, but um, we have uh, giant dividers everywhere in the classroom, big plexiglass dividers, wow. and uh, we limit our uh, drastically limit how many students are in a room at one time. Um, our um, we're all wearing masks while we're inside the classroom and then outside they, you know, you can, as long as you're more than six feet away from somebody, mm-hmm. you're allowed to take off your mask. And, um, everyone's very respectful of that. Very, yeah. very rarely do I have to remind somebody and, you know, it's just the policy. You yeah. just have to yeah. say, you know, this is the policy, you know, yeah. and, and, uh, it's as short and long as that. Seems, um, seems like that's yeah. working for, for some, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think so. And if I let the students know if they need uh, a, what they call a mask break, well, and again, I work with older kids, yeah. you know, I say, you know, and our, our building uh, faces the outdoors. And right. so it can, you know, there's an outdoor connects to a bathroom that's outdoors. Well, use the bathroom and yeah. on your way to the bathroom, <laughs> take off your mask, you right. know, that type right. of thing. So, yeah. 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 Good. Do you, from a, from a, you, you mentioned you're using teams. Does that automatically make you guys a Microsoft shop from a school perspective or do, what kind of equipment or how would you characterize the, some of the software and, and hardware you're using for the students? Sure. So, um, so with the school, they provide us uh, windows laptops hmm. and uh, the windows laptops uh, Microsoft is the main um, main deal that we have, uh, everything that we have, uh, the Microsoft 365, um, or the, I guess you call Office 365. And um, so that's, we're very heavy Microsoft. Uh, we don't use Google at all. Um, you know, just their hmm. privacy policy that they have mm-hmm. set up and they mm-hmm. just don't do it. And, um, but yeah, so with, with okay. that, um, yeah, we're, we use that. Now, individual teachers will, as long as it's within the regulations and what's allowed, you know, we'll, we'll use our, some of the software, especially if it's web-based, right. if we can, you know, bring on a website, uh, you know, that's completely okay. We just yeah. can't install anything. Right. Yeah. You're, you're an Apple guy, right? Mm-hmm. And how, so how does that, how do you, it, you know, it used to be that was those two worlds were far apart and it seems like anymore, like I, 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 I go back and forth. I don't even think about it anymore, but, but how's that, how does that work for you? Uh, you do pretty well, actually. You know, and like you said, you know, it, for the most part, you know, it's you call once you call up the app of whatever you're using, the interface really disappears behind right. it. You know, it's it's a lot of really uh, you know the both app stores um, and platforms offer almost the exact same things. Mm-hmm. Um, a little bit behind the scenes is a little different, um, but yeah, I work in both worlds, and um, my all my personal stuff is has pretty much transitioned over to Apple. Um, yeah. Why, why Apple for you? What is it about that, that, you know, it would be easier, like you're in a school that's windows. Why Apple? Sure. So Apple for me started really young. When I was a kid, we got our, uh, Mac classic and I loved that Mac classic and I would, would use the heck out of that thing well over its, its lifespan of how long it should have lasted. And uh, while everyone else was connecting to the internet in the mid nineties, I, we didn't have internet yet. And I was still using that Mac classic and playing black and white games and, you know, and having fun on that. And, you know, as I got older and I got a job uh, working, you know, retail and restaurants and stuff, and, you know, I would save up my money and I would, I bought myself a, a Mac desktop and then a Mac, a uh, couple Mac laptops. And then, 
Well, in 2006, that stopped. I think life got in the way and, you know, they call that the quote unquote Apple tax, mm-hmm. you know, and mm-hmm. it's a real thing. And that stopped me from Apple for a while. And uh, I did dabble into, I, I got myself PCs and, and I preferred to use the Apple, but you know, it just, it was expensive, especially, you know, as a, as a college student in my first couple of years teaching, that just wasn't going to happen. So, um, but you know, it was funny because slowly I started getting back into Apple mm-hmm. and I, I went back and forth between Android and, and iOS for my phone. And I, and I, I ended up, uh, uh, 2017, I got myself an iPhone SE, a refurb, you know, the, the older one, mm-hmm. and uh, started using that. And I, and you know what the funny thing was? You brought up, you know, it'd be much easier if you stayed with one platform. Mm-hmm. And I agree. So I really did a, a, a very thorough job, I think, of trying to, to find um, basically applications that didn't really matter. They were agnostic to whatever I was using. So I would use like Pocket Cast instead mm-hmm. of Apple Podcast, mm-hmm. you know, in order to be able to say, you know what, I may not have this forever. I'll go back to Android and I'll be okay because I'm using the other platform. And so I started doing that. And then I went ahead and I, I picked up a iPad in 2018. Mm. First iPad I ever owned. And then I started to see like, oh, wait, look at this. I can airdrop. I can using Safari. I can open the tabs on both the phone and the pad. And I was like, that's kind of cool. And then I was like, I started learning more about this Apple watch thing. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Oh, that's cool. So I got that. And then by then, Oh man, it was too late. And yeah. You're, you're already using the phone. You're yep. using the iPad, yeah. you're using the watch. Yeah. And then last, when we were working from home, um, I started doing some adjunct work and um, working from home. I started working adjunct and I decided I was, obviously I was going to use my personal computer for that. And um, my personal computer, I'm like, I'm going to go out and buy a Mac. So I got myself a 27-inch uh, iMac. Nice. Nice. Yeah. So now yeah. I'm in. <laughs> You're, well, you've been, you've been in. You know, it's what's interesting for me, similar story. I don't know if I've ever really even talked about this at Home Gadget Geeks. In 1982, I developed, I started writing, you know, code. I developed software on an Apple IIe as a high schooler. Oh, cool. And we'd get together after school and write, you know, it's basic, <laughs> but we'd write programs and we started writing games and we, a buddy, uh, we got so into it. A buddy of mine, uh, dropped out of school and started programming. We, I was in Silicon Valley. So he started programming. I think it was COBOL or something like that yeah. in those days and Fortran, one of those. And, um, uh, I just wasn't that interested in dropping out of school <laughs> to do software development. And um, we didn't get even really IBM computers at the school till probably my senior year. Some HP 8088s that we did a little bit of basic on and developed. And um, then I went in the military. When I when I came back, I just couldn't. I was like you. I just couldn't. Aff- well, the, the, I just couldn't afford to be in the Mac space for the most part. Windows and even Windows computers were expensive. Yep. And, um, and, you know, really wasn't until probably 95 that I got even my first windows computer that I, I was in college. I was dirt poor. Like I just, you know, computers were a couple grand right at that oh, point. Yeah. Like we complain about a couple grand right now. This was a couple grand of $1995, right? Right. Which was super expensive. And I had somebody give me a windows computer, but, and I pretty much stayed windows at that point from that from that point on but i am i too am in this spot you know and i i even did a palm pre for a while uh you know i 
tried to, I tried to stay on the windows phone as a, is a, is a, you know, as a phone device, of course, sure. we know that didn't work out. Did Android for a while and just was like, I, you know what? I need a phone that just works. And so, yeah. Uh, I think, uh, I think I started at a uh, four, uh, at the, at the, no. uh, the, the four version. So, it, you know, today I'm talking to you on a Mac mini, but flanking it is all windows stuff. And I, you know, in most of the infrastructure here, I just have one, one Mac, everything else is windows. But I, 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 I the, the, the goal when I got the Mac was to make it feel like it, I wasn't going on a Mac. Well, now I can thank Windows 11 because Windows 11 looks like Mac OS. Like it literally, have you have you gotten a chance to mess with Windows 11 yet? No, we, we're still using uh, Windows 10 on our work computers. But um, yeah, I've looked a little bit on on some videos. Yeah, just the, the stylistically, it does mm-hmm. look a lot more Mac-like. It, it's almost exactly. It's got the, it's centered the, the task manager down the bottom. It's got the, you know, it's got the bloom, which looks a lot like, the Mac OS that I'm on right now. And I'm kind of like, Oh, well, those look a lot alike. And, uh, and so you can't, you have a hard time. I have a hard time telling them apart. I think you said this, the app infrastructure is what matters. What am I using out of the browser or what am I using out of the apps? Now that's not the same for everybody. And I get that. Right. Right. But, uh, but I think for the average guy, I think we're to that point. I could probably put my wife on a Mac and she probably wouldn't know. You know, it'd be one of those kinds of things like, oh, oh, that was, you know, and there's some things, you know, she might even say, I I could probably put her on a Mac and say it's Windows 11 just to be, you know, one of those kinds of things. And there'd be a few questions and then she'd figure it out and we'd, we'd roll forward. Right. So, yeah, 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 it's, it's, um, I just don't, you know, I've been doing this, we've been doing this a long time and there used to be that big divide and I just don't see it anymore. For the most, for the most part, are you what What are you carrying for a phone right now? What's your uh, What's your main driver on a phone? Yes, yeah, so, so I actually updated to yes the iPhone um, 13 Mini. Nice. Yeah, nice. so I, yeah. I replaced the SE and got myself a 13 Mini, and it's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a good. I, I didn't plan on this, but I upgraded my daughter to it, and we were just in a spot. She was on an eight, and I was holding out and holding out and holding out, and we. Just at this point, and then it just that her that phone just kept getting worse and worse and worse. Yeah. And uh, I I checked into it and Sprint's like, well, T-Mobile now. Like, mm-hmm. we'll give you a lot of money for that really crappy phone if you stay on T-Mobile. And I was like, okay. So, Might you know, well, yeah. a cu- couple bucks a month. Just, you know, I think the whole thing's like $160 to, to and I, I, they took her really bad eight, iPhone eight. Yeah, why wouldn't we? So she's on a thirteen. Yeah. I didn't even think about it. I'm like, hey, wait a minute. I'm I'm just on a twelve, you know. Yeah. But she loves it. And I remember, wasn't she dabbling into like a lot of photography? She was, yeah. and she is. Yeah. 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 So I mean, the, and the thirteen's no, got a great camera on it. Yeah. 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 No, it'll be it'll be really it'll be good for her um, going forward. Couple couple items I want to talk to you about tonight. In mm-hmm. in one, I I don't know if I've ever talked about on the show. But as an educator and in, in the work space you're doing, and I've been thinking about it, um, like like the this isn't what what it is, but like Grammarly, this is one of those applications that sneaks its way into your into your life, and then when it's gone, like 
I just realized I was in I was in a browser and Grammarly had been disabled for some reason or whatever. And I was sending all kinds of really bad spelling errors. You know, I don't I don't know what happened. Um, text expander uh, for mm-hmm. you. You've been dabbling in that. And that's one of those I like I tried one time, but then it was like, oh, I got to remember these codes to get. So talk a little bit about your use case. Why would you why would you? Why would you dabble in that where it kind of completes things or fills things in for you? How are you using it? Sure. Yeah, actually, um, I've been using for for quite a few years um, in Mac OS. They have a, a little uh, replace text uh, box. So let's say you're always misspelling something. You can always you can set it up where every time you misspell it that way, it'll respell it a different way. And I was getting by with that for a long time. And so, I, you know, it was good. It was good stuff. Um but um, I kept hearing more and more um, about this program called Text Expander. And it's from a company called Smile. And they originally, I think, were just on the Mac. I mean, they, they've expanded. They're on, uh, mm-hmm. uh, I have them on my phone. And they're also on, I believe, uh, Windows. And there's actually an extension now in the, uh, from, for the Chromebook. You can do it on, on that as well. And essentially, in its most basic way, it replaces text. And so you set up an abbreviation. And it then replaces that abbreviation with whatever text you put in. So if you type in, you know, your name or a particular greeting or something over and over again, you can set that up where it simply replaces that text with mm-hmm. whatever it is you're typing. And uh, it, you, br- you brought up the concern with having to remember, the, you know, some of the codes that you put in. Um, it's got a really nice interface where you can actually look up uh, what your codes are. And you can actually search. So if you remember a certain word uh, that it's replacing or something of that nature, you, there's a search function. So you can search for a word um, and say, and it'll tell you what the abbreviation is. And so that's really helpful in case you forget. But one thing I've, I haven't dived into it too much, but I've been watching some videos on it. This is a pretty powerful uh, aspect of it. I guess you can have a block of text. And let's say you tend to send whether it's a client, whether it's a student, whether it is a block of text um, that's, I would say 99% of the block is the same, but there's certain aspects, maybe it's a name, maybe it's uh, you're doing well, not so well, you're ahead of pace, you're behind pace. There's little toggles of you know minor changes you have to make to those paragraphs. They have little dropdown menus. So you put in the code, it fills in this block of text with these dropdown menus strategically placed where you put them, and you can just choose, like you know, choose the options on those drop-down menus, and then send your email or send whatever, post it, whatever it is that you're doing with that. And that's pretty powerful. Um, I've only begun to dabble into it, but it's it, it has a little statistic box up there too, which is kind of cool. And it tells you, you know, you've saved 28 minutes tonight um, using our program. Yeah, in the because it records how fast you uh, type. Right. So I'm like, that's right. cool. It, it, when I first tried it, so in my role at Gallup, I do send a lot of the same, you know, I do, I kind of do a concierge type work with, with our, you know, we have about 11,000 certified coaches around the world and I end up repeating myself all the time. I couldn't, you know, my, my workflow today, or I would say up until just a couple months ago was I just had actually a text document that I would open up as I was getting ready to process all this information. I would in their scenario for me, there's scenarios. Their email is bouncing on us. 
Um, we are, uh, uh, or it's getting blocked. I get a message back. Hey, you're, and these are, these are our customers. We don't, you know, we don't want, we want to get, they want communication from us. They want it Sure. for whatever reason it's been blocked or they made, a, you know, they made a mistake and, and, and put it on a, you know, do not or an unsubscribe or whatever. So I end up saying very, very similar ones. But when I tried text expander, that was the problem is I was like, I am better at like geospatial location of things. Like I can find, I can identify a block of text in a whole bunch of text because I know exactly where it's at. And it's easier for me. What I've been doing is highlighting it, you know, right click and paste. And now in Windows, you have that, you have a history of your copy and paste. So Windows, Windows V, that mm-hmm. box pops up and it says, hey, here's the last 10 or 15, whatever it is. Things, well, I, that's, to me, that's just like text expander because I don't, the variety of things I say isn't enough to need a whole big database of it. It's really about three things at any given task that I'm doing. So that was always for text expander. That was always the, the, the no go for me was like, like I can't, I have trouble remembering those key, you know, what I, what I wanted to do. And maybe it does. And maybe I need to check this out is I need to start typing that sentence and then it 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 says, oh, I see you're typing the sentence. Do you want to finish it with this? It does it does it do that? It always to me it seemed like I needed to remember some some kind of code to make it work. Yeah, that kind of that predictive text. Yeah, a little more predictive. predictive. But the the predictive text today for me, what I get in Windows or what I get in Outlook or what is yeah. just one word at a time or maybe two, like. I, I start these sentences the same way every time. It appears to us that your email, okay, well, and then it should finish it by saying is bouncing. And, you know, we need a, can we, can we get an updated email address from you? Something like that. So yeah, to my, yeah, I, I would say I, I, to my nods, they don't have the predictive text, yeah, but if you are yeah. typing that same thing over and over again, it can do obviously spaces and, yeah. and return. Well, so you could, program but yeah maybe i need to make the codes just longer and make it what i'm actually typing in i just i was finding in the process i wasn't hitting that enough you know mm-hmm. for me it was just easier you know to have maybe seven things that i that i have long text on it was just easier to go back to the like i really wanted it to work for me right I, it just didn't for for uh from i so i wanted I, I tell you what i may go back now that we're talking about it here I may go back and give it another run. Be like, oh, maybe I didn't because cross PC, right? I can. It's it's. I have, there's a browser plugin that you can use with it, and pretty much get it working on anything, right? Yeah, pretty much. I don't recall seeing it on Android. I don't know if that would affect yeah. you in any way, though. But uh, that's. I remember that was the one platform I didn't see advertised. But um, yeah, it, and it, for me, it was the, the price was helpful too. They do run a subscription model. And I believe it's thirty or thirty-five dollars a year. Yeah. So relatively yeah. very cheap. And I've even seen updates even since I've had it for about a month. And um, that one thing that's kind of nice is they'll give you some like some pre-built databases that you can download, um, such as uh, misspelled words, commonly misspelled words, which is helpful. So if you start typing that word, it'll it'll correct it. And then um, the the one that's kind of cool is uh, brand names. You know, like. Like if you type in the name Facebook, well, I think it's a lowercase F and lowercase B, but I'm not sure. Or is it two words or one word? Is it capital F, lowercase B and so forth? You know, one of those types of things. So it helps Mm -hmm. out with brand names too. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you find, where do you find you use it most in, in communicating with people or when you're trying to write longer documents, what, where's it helping you the most? Where I'm initially using it now is mostly when I return feedback on students and their mm-hmm. work. Uh, so it's relatively short parag- a couple paragraphs. Um, but um, the one thing I would, that I'm going to start dabbling into is using that feature where you can replace, you have the drop-down menus. And that I think will be more of uh, when I'm sending out longer emails, uh, being able to connect with, you know, the varying, more, the majority of the text is the same, but I want to differentiate it slightly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I, yeah, I, I, I guess I'm going to have to give it another, I'm going to have to give it another run now that you're talking about it. Cause it, I want it so badly to work for me and yeah. like it, you know, and they do offer a pretty generous trial. I think it's a 30 mm-hmm. day trial. Mm-hmm. So I just barely started paying mm-hmm. for it. Um, yeah. 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 Well, I got to give it, I got to give it a spin. I don't, I think on the phones, the predictive, like it seems like the predictive text or whatever we call that uh, on a phone is, is even better than it is on the desktop. Like I, uh, right. Yep. It seems like, cause that's where people are thumbing it. And that's where the, so I, I think, and I don't, I, I don't know about you, but if I have a long response that yeah, to an email, it goes back under unopened and I, yep. you know, or flag it, whatever. And I'm, sure. I'm, I'm not going to answer this till I get back to a desktop. Yep. I'm not going to thumb that thing, you know, to make it work. Although text expander would, in that case, if I had a long answer that I, it was going to be standard, that may be a place where text expander would work and save the day and not, I don't have to necessarily go back to that email uh, later. That that might work. That may be a place where it saves my bacon. Yeah, I haven't. I, I don't think I've barely used Text Expander on my phone, except for I think some maybe some autocorrect misspelling type things. Yeah, but um, yeah, yeah. I, can can you um, with Auto Expander? So, if I wanted to put something in, I can go to the database of my of my things and just pick mm-hmm. it from there, can't I? Just say no, insert this thing because that's what I'm doing with a with a flat file, you know, with a with a text file today. Is I'm just I'm just going to it and picking from oh okay that's the one I want highlight it and bring it in um, I, I imagine yeah. I could do that out of text expander yeah you can open the it's an application that sits on the bottom of the of the tray you know the dock in on Mac OS and then it's also in the menu bar so I just click on the menu bar um, it also has a um, a quick add feature where let's say you had a uh, something on your clipboard so you press you know Control Copy and um, you paste it in. Um, you can create an instant um, little uh, snippet real quick using uh, whatever's on your clipboard too. A nice quick ad. Yeah. Yeah. You know, then this should also be a thing where dictations uh, should be working. Like in other words, I should just say it, but that's still not a, for some, for some it is, but for most people, you know, we're, we're not talking to our computers. Like, I thought we would be where I just say dictate, you know, computer yeah. <laughs> dictate. Right. And, and then I would, I would, I would say things. I don't know about you, but when I try to talk to the Amazon lady, mm-hmm. I screw up those sentences. Like I've never talked before. Oh right? yeah. You know, I, I've got this one, speaking of <laughs> Amazon, I've got this one set up because in our, in our bedroom, we have the, the colorful lights and uh, we usually have it set to, um, 
you know, like a, like a, a dark blue or something like that. Yeah. That's easier, easier on the eyes when you're trying to go to bed and then we turn it off. Well, when I get up in the morning and I'm trying to find a particular shirt in the dresser, you open up the dresser and you have a, like a dark blue light shining into the dresser. I'm trying to figure out what color is this shirt. <laughs> <laughs> and so I've got, I made a command to change the light bulb to white, ah. but not have to say so many words. Yeah. But I always forget. <laughs> and I, <laughs> You, it, uh, yes, that's the thing. You know, yeah. you're like, okay, what, which, what's the command to like, what's the command yeah. to do this? And, and, they didn't you have know, this problem on the enterprise. No, no, for some reason, when they're talking to the computer, it works flawlessly and they're doing complex calculations, you know, you know, warp drive calculations and, <laughs> you know, saving the ship from imploding and some of those kinds of things. I just, you know, I never, um, I just never seem to get it right. I mean, listen, Brian, I make the same pot of coffee every morning, right? I get my, yeah. I get my perk out. Uh, you know, I, I wash it out. I put the grounds in and I, I, I tell the A lady, you know, set a coffee timer for eight minutes and 30 seconds. That's what it's going to take to get it perking. And then it, depending upon when it goes off, I say add five minutes or, start a brew timer for five minutes, right? It does that. I screw that up four out of five days, you know, and yep. then I get two timers going and I get, you know, and I'm just like, hey, what is it? It must be me. Like it's just, I just must not be good enough, but well, I, I think it's all of us. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I just, I thought we'd be talking, you know, dictation and it would be doing it and correcting it as it goes and some of those kinds of things. But, and maybe well, in some cases it is, but I just don't feel like for most people they're using those features. Well, you know, and, and maybe it's the fact I was thinking about when you were talking about um, dictation, some of the, one of the biggest problems is, you know, punctuation, you know, whether it's a comma, period, exclamation, question mark, that type of thing, you know, and then connecting it to the enterprise, you know, how many times did they set that ship to self-destruct? Was it a, and it never did. Maybe, maybe, it was, maybe they thought it was a question. Should I self-destruct? <laughs> And then set the timer. Is it a five-minute timer to self-destruct? And why was it never configurable? Why yeah. was it always one minute so that they had to rush off the ship? Yeah. You would think you would want that one command to be configurable, right? It's like, okay, but then, now I'm right across the into the safe area. 30 seconds. Now go. <laughs> Good. Or, or, but you, they knew they would make a mistake because you'd say one minute and it, you, know, you might cough <clears throat> when you say minute and it thinks you said second. That's right. it. <laughs> right. That's it. You're done. Well, Jim Shoemaker says in chat, he says, uh, he's never used text expander, but he finds iOS voice to text pretty useful. And I, I do, I do think there's, this is probably the use case. A lot of people are sending texts and, and those kinds of things via voice, but these aren't documents. These are, these are, I think for most people, yeah. yeah, it's just, this is just communication going back and forth. We're not, like you, would you, would you to, for a student, would you yeah. talk into your phone and just send it to him or you, you got to make sure it's right. Right. <laughs> well, I guess as long as it doesn't send yet and you had a, a simple reply of saying, yes, that sounds good. Mm-hmm. Something like that, you know, uh, I would be comfortable. And, it's, and especially since you still have to read it before you, you still have to click the little send the button. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's okay. But I would, yeah, something more formal in that way. The um, one of the things with Teams that I've really liked on my watch, on my Apple Watch, is uh, the ability to just you know to type back simple. You get a message, yes or no, and mm-hmm. 
you've got you can scroll through a bunch of pre-made responses or just hit the text and type it. I I underestimated how powerful that writing could be in getting quick messages to people, right? If the if the message doesn't if it's not a pre-made message back, typing that in is not difficult at all and sending it on the watch is pretty handy. It is. Um, for me, my, my watch is on my, is my, one of my, is my personal watch yeah. uh, versus my work stuff. So it, okay. it doesn't connect with our teams, okay. Okay. but with regards to dictation, I found uh, like the, the AirPods are great. You know, you can be walking and mm. you just ask for the S lady and then yeah. say text, you know, whoever, and it'll, you can dictate something back real quick. Yeah, I I do think that's a skill, by the way, this getting through those commands in a way. And the more you do it, the better you get at it. I don't do it enough. And so I'm still kind of clumsy at it. But I watch my wife do it. And she she grabs the phone, you know, says whatever, and then starts talking. And she's adding in punctuation and all kinds of things on the fly. Like, oh, okay. Wow. So I think it's a skill. Yeah, I think it's I think it's just a skill that you get more you get more comfortable with. Um, I thought in the chat room, I thought we'd have more folks listening that, you know, that have used it, uh, text expander, but no, Dave Jackson on ask the podcast coach podcast. I do on Saturday mornings. Mm-hmm. This is an area he does tech support for Lipson. Mm-hmm. And this is an area he uses a lot of, cause it's the same kind of deal. That's probably where text expander is bread and butter is in support, right? When you're constantly sending the same, but, do you find, I find sometimes people read into that. They, they get the feeling it's a, have you ever had she this had happen where they're like, did you really type that? Or was this a, is, you know, is this a cut and paste? I hear this a lot from people complaining about support people. They've called in to get support and they get the standard answer, right? Yeah. Do you ever, you ever, well, you just started using this, but do you ever feel like that could be, that could be something people could read into that? I think there's a time and place for it, for sure. Um, mm. You know, when I send out uh, particular grade reports, it's pretty black and white. You know, this is your grade. You're you're ahead of pace. You're behind pace. You know, it's a pretty standard response. So that that part of the email, I think, is appropriate to use for a, for some of those canned responses. Yeah, yeah. And of course, you want to add your you know a personal connection to it. You know, and build that rapport and in re- relationship. You know, building with your students and their families. Mm-hmm. So that aspect, yeah. I would probably differentiate. But even within an email, I think you can use both. Yeah, yeah. I think I'll try it again. That I need to I, maybe maybe rethink like, well, what's my strategy going to be on this? How do I get past the codes? Maybe yeah. finding a different way for me to make that work because I. It would be beneficial. I would like attract. I would like, I mean, I use Grammarly, but this has also got some spell check kind of associated Mm -hmm. with it. We get spell check built in stuff. So, um, okay. Well, maybe you've, you've, uh, maybe you've talked me, uh, back into giving it uh, another try. You're, you're all, oh, did you want to say one more thing? Oh, I was just going to say with a 30 day free trial they give you, I mean, it's a, some places don't give you like a week, you know, these guys, 30 days, it's a good amount of time. Yeah. You know, they can, it's enough to, in your workflow, you can include it and get and really try to see if you like it. Yeah. I felt it was real generous, uh, you know, the last, when I tried it, uh, I, yeah. I think I did it on the trial and, and I felt like it was a generous, you know, a month to give it a try again. It just didn't really, for me, I was just like, oh man, this is kind of a little more work. Now I'm doing today. I do a little more of that 
constant communication that's similar, right? You right. know, where, where I'm, where I'm trying to find, you know, tell them, hey, your email address is bouncing, or we're sure. having trouble communicating with you. So maybe I'll give that a try. You're trying another tool, classroom screen at classroomscreen.com. I'm going to bring oh, yes. this up. Um, talk to me a little bit about that. How are you using that, and what is this? Sure. So it's a website. You go to classroomscreen.com and you can use a, a perfectly easily easy version. You don't have to necessarily log in and do anything like that. They also have a paid version, um, which I've gone ahead and adopted. But um, basically, as we got into the um, environment of going back into the classroom and working with our students, I use this on my whiteboard. It's uh, one of those LCD uh, touchscreen boards. And um, I put this up here and I pretty much have it up there the whole day. And um, it's a digital tool with uh, interactive web applications within it. And um, what I've found is, um, you know, every, every period after taking attendance, I walk up, you know, in the in back of class and I, I let the students know, okay, let's go over the agenda for the day. And some of the widgets that I like putting up there, um, I, I choose a custom background that's appropriate to, you know, maybe there's a holiday this week, you know, so I had a lot of, you know, patriotic, um, you know, um, stuff for Veterans Day uh, leading up to today, um, you know, leading into Halloween, we had some more Halloween themed type backgrounds that I chose. And so you put those those up there on the board, and you start putting up these little widgets. Um, I like using uh, the clock, it, it's a digital clock and an analog clock, uh, you know, uh, you know, it's obviously good to just know always what time it is when the kids, you know, there's one on the little computer screens they have, but that's helpful. Um, I put a little calendar up there, you know, it's always a nice reference tool to have a calendar. Um, I, I then use a, a, the text box and the text box allows you to use, you know, make things bold, italicize, underline, you know, different sizes. So, you know, a lot of different ways to display your text. Um, I put up there if there's anything special going on with the schedule that day, like an early release schedule or anything, um, you know, particular event happening at school, things like reminder type things. Um, and I like to use like some sort of like a quote um, that connects with the kids, something sometimes thematic, usually something try to get them with a growth mindset type ideas, uh, making good choices, those types of things. And then I throw a little joke of the day up there. Always these dumb dad jokes that I put up there and the kids groan and, <laughs> I know that. And I always tease them. I said, you know, you know, when you guys finish my class, you guys are going to be really sad. You don't get to hear my jokes anymore. But <laughs> no, they're going to start saying them. That's the, yeah. that's what happens. Right. It just, it, it, my daughter, uh, found a meme of like, you know, 20 things dad says, and I say 19 of them. I mean, yeah. I, was, I was like, yeah. So we were leaving the restaurant. We went out for dinner tonight as we were leaving. I grabbed my keys and I'm like, not going to get very far without these things. That's one of the things dad yep. says. Right. And, she just she almost fell on the floor laughing. She thought it was so funny. So, the the whiteboard that you have digital, what's yeah. running? What 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 runs that whiteboard? Is it its own OS or is it running on Windows or how does that work? I believe it. I believe it's running off of Windows. It's connected okay. to our computers. It's okay. a. I don't know the the model number. It's an Epson uh, short throw something or other. Um, it, it, you can interact and touch it. Um, I, in my workflow, I tend not to use that feature okay. as much as I probably yeah. should. For you, it's but, just a big display. In other words, for right? me, it's a big display. So, yeah. but then you can, this is web-based. So you, mm -hmm. you jump into it and then you take these widgets 
whatever. I love this idea. There's a sound level widget in oh, there. The kids love it. It's so cool because it, it measures your decibels from your microphone on your laptop. Yeah. And I, I started out using it and I didn't tell the kids what that decibel meter was. I didn't, I, they just saw like this little thing and they know they kind of figured it out. Hey, when we're talking and they should be, you know, the, the talking should be kept to a minimum, but they, if they were talking kind of loudly, that decibel meter was like going into yellow and red. You yeah, know? And yeah. They figure it out. It's kind of a, it's kind of cool. Kind um, of a kind of a nice reminder. Like, hey, you yeah. guys can. T- if if I was teaching, and maybe you do this too, mm-hmm. I'd be like, okay, this is a talking time, but it needs to stay below this, and yep. so it gives them. It really gives them kind of a standard. Yep. To, right. So they, they kind of oh, guys, and they probably police themselves maybe a little bit on that self-regulate exactly yeah, yeah. yeah it's a it's a good you know uh, trait to take with you even after leaving high school obviously yeah 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 <laughs> um, one thing that was kind of cool there um i use uh, a widget for the qr code uh, generator mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you know our, a lot of our kids they love using their phones anyways so i said you know they're gonna have their phones let's have them interact with their phones in a responsible way and so i put up this qr generator and you put in a website and I pull, we, like I said previously, we use a lot of Microsoft products. And one of them is uh, the uh, forms that they use, uh, Google, um, Microsoft forms, where you create like poll questions. Mm-hmm. And so I create, you know, I do like little, little poll questions, uh, just touching base with the kids. I get to know them. Um, you know, I'll ask them, you know, sometimes they're more based academically. You know, are you planning on coming to Saturday school this week? Yes or no? You know, those types of things. Or sometimes uh, just to get to know my kids uh, or what they're interested in. So I'll throw up there something like, what streaming services do you use? Check all the boxes, you know, and, and that type of thing. Something that's low-key, friendly, and just builds that classroom rapport with the kids. And uh, I love using that feature. That's that's something really neat. But I'll tell you my number one favorite feature, and it's the one, the only reason why I paid for it. Because everything else, you just it's all free. You know, they have a couple premium widgets, I guess. But the one that the only one that I really care about is the fact that you can save your screens. Mm. So I'll, I'll make them for the week. You know, I'll get, I'll try to get a week ahead in the screens that I'm making. And then I can of course tweak them if something, you know, schedule change type things, of course, but I can keep that skeleton of what I built. And there was nothing worse than when we had to do, um, when we had, I built a screen, you know, it doesn't take forever to build, but you know, you place everything where you want it. And, and moving it from my computer screen onto that whiteboard, the whiteboard has a different resolution. And so I'd have to rearrange all the widgets. And so it takes a little bit of work, not horrible, but you know, a little bit of work. And then what do you know, in the middle of the day, my computer would freeze. Mm. And the only way to make it unfreeze would be either to, is the, is the, you know, the control delete or just the hard shutdown and restart. And if you can't save your screen, you're going back to the beginning and, recreating it from scratch yeah and doing a lot of you know i used to do some copy and pasting you know i'd have the text box ready in a word document so i'd pull up the word document copy and paste that into a text box but then you know you're you're doing stuff on the fly when you could be you're doing something a lot more productive so yeah right you can save it set it come back to it there's even more widgets than we were looking at we were looking at those nine widgets on the screen there's yeah. a dice widget. My kids are into D and D, and now yep. I, it doesn't look like me. It supports twenty sided die, but you know, which they're using all the time uh, for that. But you know, you get some. You can go in the. Do, do you use? Do you ever roll dice in the classroom to kind of decide once things? 
Yeah, so sometimes we'll have that. There's a random name generator. Uh, you'll notice a little gearbox in the corner. Uh, if you click on the gearbox, you might actually have some more functions on the um, on there. So sometimes, if you click on the on the dice widget, you'll notice a little oh, gearbox. The, the gearbox on the dice. Sorry, there we go. Yep. Oh, that's okay. Uh, so this one doesn't have an option, but um, you'll do notice the background color. Um, yep. You can change its uh, you know HTML. So there's they give you what about twelve or fourteen colors. But if you, um, I open up a second window and I open up um, uh, HTML code for different colors hmm. and mm -hmm. I'll try to blend it. Like if I were you, like personally, what I would be doing right now is finding the HTML code for something that's like a orangish color to blend with the background. There you go. And, and just kind of make go. it, make it visually nice for the kids. Well, that, that is, and yeah. then you can kind of go with the seasons. You could, yep. do, do you ever let them pick like what, what, uh, what, what gets displayed on this? I do actually. One of the things that I've been putting up as one of my text items is, uh, and again, I'll answer through Teams. Is I'll say to the kids, "Are you?" Um, I said, "If you have any suggestions of a quote or a background image or a joke that you heard, something that's classroom appropriate that you would like to just you know have displayed," mm -hmm. I said, "Just message me in the text box, and then also let me know if you want me to credit your name to it." Hmm. You know, and then mm -hmm. and then it's kind of nice. Some of the kids want the recognition. Some kids don't, and some kids are indifferent towards it. But um, yeah, there's so many cool tools. We'll go like on. We have our breaks between our class periods. So like what you just pulled up there, the widget for a countdown timer. Um, it makes a little digging sound, so they can know when to come back and in, into class, and the next class period has started. And uh, yeah, I guess it, what I what I love about this is it's just drop dead simple. Like I've never is. seen this before, and yeah. immediately. I, I, you know, I was able to be like, oh, I could bring that. Yeah. We could do that. We could get this done. I brought the traffic light in, which in the instructions, they say, you know, like this could mean now is not a great time to come ask for help. Right. Yep. It's a red light. I'm, or you could change that maybe to green. Right. And say, oh, OK, I'm available for now. And the students can look up on the screen and see if they can get up to. I, I was thinking maybe I'd put a big screen outside my uh, my studio here. And yeah. I, then I would just, you know, hey, you can come bother me because they, <laughs> during the day, if they want to bother me, they come around and whisper, are you on a call? <laughs> kind of thing. You know, I get that. I'm like, oh, I'm okay. We're, you know, we got to come up with these and it, it doesn't happen very often, but kind of cool to be able to set this, you know, to set this to say, yeah, you can come see me or now it's not a good time or whatever. Do you use the stop that the stoplight feature for anything else? I don't use the stoplight personally, but okay. you got me thinking when you were mentioning, you know, using it outside your studio. I, I think, I mean, there's some tools that are more appropriate to a classroom as the name of the right. you know, web, a right. website indicates, but I can see a lot of businesses, you know, in, a, in an office environment, use utilizing a tool like this, you know, in certain aspects, you know, I, I think some of them are more appropriate than others, but, you know, if you're doing a um, in-person professional development and you're doing something collaborative and wanted to have something up on the screen, um, and you can open up more than one copy of most of them, I think. Um, like I know you can open up multiple text boxes, multiple mm -hmm. timers, things mm -hmm. like that. So mm -hmm. um, different things that you can have going on simultaneously for different things. Hide. You can uh, hide. Yeah. Yep. You can hide so you get more screen real estate. Uh, they have a random number or ra random name generator, mm -hmm. so you can. Uh, and it says name, but you could put in other things too, you know, if you, um, number, or you could be numbers, of course, it could sure. be items, you know, something along the, that line, you sure. could, some sort of a bingo game or something. 
Yeah, but, that's super cool. Yeah, yeah. This I, I learned cool. about this at a PD, yeah. Classroomscreen.com if you want to check this out. I know I we have quite a few educators that are that listen uh, here. But I'm kind of thinking um, of like what else? Like, you know, as I see this, I'm like, this is kind of a cool little, you know, if I had a kitchen PC that mm-hmm. I, I could, you know, there's things, you know, I could kind of set the timers that way. I use a lady for that, but you kind of, you know, you're kind of like, this is, this is, this is pretty handy. I like this. Yeah. Yeah. To... It was, it was uh, created by a teacher themselves actually who created it. So yeah. And I think uh, the pricing on it, um, is not, let's see if I can go back to it's a, that. It's, I think not it's about terrible, 50, right? uh, 30 a year or free. Yeah. Oh. So depending on what features you need, completely free or 30 a year. That's, and that's super reasonable. Yeah. You know, this is a cool screen. I just got to, I was just going through um, this. Let me reshare this. So sorry, we're so visual if you're listening to the audio on this. Uh, but there's this cool one right here. And you know you got a moon, kind of a blue sky with the moon behind it, and and I'm assuming they have. If I just keep clicking the back button, it seemed like it was creating new ones for me, just automatically. So as I'm yeah. clicking, it's just kind of going back through and making new ones. Yeah, if you cool. click on the background, you'll see all the options they have. And so in the free model, you only get options of what they have. So on the on the widget. Um, on uh, the bottom where it says background, so the first one on the far left. First one. Oh, there we go. And then, oh, so I those see. are the options. Yeah. So they Got have some it. movable ones too, some animation yeah. ones, like a flowing river and stuff. Um, so they're kind of cool. Uh, but again, those are ones that you have. Yeah. And you can also include a webcam. So you can have a background being a webcam. Um, That'd be a great idea. Yeah. So there's a lot of neat things. And then if you have the pay version, you can incorporate your own backgrounds. Yeah. So we did something with um, the flag raisers, uh, Iwo Jima and so forth. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's a big movement, you know, a big calming movement going on at the moment of, of meditation apps and, and, you know, visual images that are calming, you know, <laughs> we used to in the enterprise space, you know, People would have a little Zen garden on their desk, you know, with a little rake and some sand. Well, there's a whole, there's now a whole kind of industry around images and, and, and particularly, you know, short video or video clips or whatever that repeat this in these calming. I, you know, you kind of wonder in this space with, with, you know, generally it's a, it can be kind of an anxious environment for people having this playing in the background. You know, I have you experimented at all with any of those calming kinds of backgrounds? There, it, it, a couple of them, actually. I think of, mm. um, especially in, in the, you were, we were talking about weather earlier in the Phoenix area, how hot it's been. And mm. we, we'll get our rainy season ish during our monsoon season, but um, there'll be a long, long periods of time where we don't have any rain. And what is this strange water falling from the sky? And so, um, like, there's a, I, I sometimes will put just calming thunderstorm music mm-hmm. on and have that just on on repeat and it's just thunderstorms and it's kind of calming and then um in um our our version of cold is like 40 degrees in the, in the <laughs> our low <laughs> right, that's right our on. cold right and on. our kids get all super cold and so what i'll do is i'll put the big um if 
fireplace, like repeating seven hour fireplace on YouTube. Mm -hmm. I'll, I'll put that on in the background once in a while and go up to the whiteboard and kind of, you know, go with my hands up to the whiteboard. Like I'm warming myself. <laughs> get <laughs> so a fire, like that. get a fire going. I've done that before. Put a fire on a monitor, you know, just to yeah. kind of feel the way. Do you use, have you ever, you ever tried to sleep with any of those, those sounds yourself where you've put rain or, thunderstorms or any of those wind have you, you know, have, ever tried using that no but i don't think i could sleep in complete silence either so i no. i would say neither i actually i love falling asleep to like on my a lady i'll set um a sports talk radio and oh. that's and i'll fall asleep to espn radio and really words <laughs> i can't i can't see i can't do that that engages my brain too much okay but, you know i i like the actual sound when we get a windstorm and it's pushing mm -hmm. against the house and you can hear the house kind of creak, you know, yeah. under the pressure. I like that. Like, I don't yeah. know why, or especially in the winter, if we're getting a winter storm and it's snow and it's blowing and you can hear it howling and you hear the snow hitting the side of the house, it shouldn't be, but there's something super relaxing to me about i love if in fact sometimes if that's happening early i'll just go to bed early <laughs> like okay yeah. i'm just gonna go out there because i want to hear that sound I, I sleep against a southern facing wall and so sometimes especially in the summer i hear the rain hitting the side of the house which is very relaxing and very calming to me we don't get enough of it but um, yeah so i need that i can't words would keep me keep me awake too long sure yeah, yeah. I can't do music though. That's that's the difference in me though. If I if it's musical tune, I couldn't fall asleep to that. Too. Yeah. Well, it's it it it's funny just how we're all different with that. Jim yeah. Jim in the chat says move to Oklahoma and you get tornadoes. <laughs> I'm not necessarily oh, sure. Yeah, that's a, that's a little too much for me. But I do I, I do I have tried. Uh, if you tell the a lady, and you can do this on the on the Google devices as well. I've said play rain sounds or play. Mm -hmm wind sounds the rain sounds like a uh, cooking bacon doesn't sound like rain like i don't on the phone the speaker's not good enough and i think what i actually need is a really good if i'm going to do that i need a really good set of speakers to get that bass because yeah. what you're listening for is the sound of that that water hitting something and that bass sound so I, I don't know. I, I've never really been able to get my phone to work for those. Or even the devices are too small. Those speakers, yeah. they're too high. The frequencies are too high. I think you need a better a better sound device. Yeah, I agree. It's maybe a little too tinny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But I, I, I'd like to figure that out. I think I'd like to do that more. You know, I, I, I did, And I didn't even realize I was reading the comments on one of those sleep apps. And they're like, yeah, it sounds like sizzling bacon. And I was like, no wonder I wake up so hungry. <laughs> it's like that mnemonic just telling you over and over again. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's, it is. Uh, that, and that's just torture. That yeah. is, uh, uh, that's just torture. A anything else on that, on that screen technology that, that, that you've been, in, in a way you've been using that may have surprised you? I don't know. But, well, the thing that surprised me is my colleagues have jumped on board of the two. Yeah. And, they, and it's interesting walking through their classrooms and they all, everyone uses it in their own way. Uh, what's appropriate and what works for me and my workflow and workflow with the kids may be different from them. Um, yeah. Yeah. They have a, a, for the ones who uh, use the um, freemium model, the free version. Um, and I think it allows you to do a poll 
Um, and I, I said, oh, okay, that's kind of cool because then I'll use the poll too. But I started using the Microsoft uh, forms and then incorporating it with the uh, QR code. And what I found is that's better for me because I like to, because I had the pay version, I can make multiple screens and save them. And for that function, I think, I don't know if it's a bug or just, you know, the sophistication of the software, but you can only do one screen, I think, um, one poll at a time. Mm. So if I make a new poll, it replaces the one that I previously made. And so if I'm working days ahead and building multiple screens, that's one of the, the goofy things about it, I guess. Yeah. There's so we're displaying that's homegadgetgeeks.com uh, in a QR code. If you want to come out and uh, and click on that, uh, you can do that. Uh, in fact, maybe we can get a few of our live folks. I'd be interesting here. I'll I'll try it with my phone just while we're doing it because this is you know when I was out recruiting a lot, um, this was one of the things that was kind of harder to do um, was to there we go homegadgetgeeks.com. Click on it. It'll take me right there. That's pretty cool. Um, well, QR codes have been around for ever. Hold on. It's, why is it not going? Maybe I spelled it wrong. No. Interesting. It's not. It says Safari can't open the page. Uh, interesting. Did I put a, did I make that secure? HTTPS. Yeah. HomeGadgetGeeks.com. Interesting. Chat room. Let me know. To pull your phones out and take a snapshot of that. Tell me if that, uh, if that resolves back to the pod page. Um, I guess. Maybe we could also try. And you could do this on the fly, right? So if I don't mm-hmm. like that, I could come here and put um, the average guy.tv. And that would be the that In theory, let's just try that again, see if that works. Chat room, play along with us if you can, or if you're on YouTube yep. and you want to give this a try. Let's see how this goes. Do you find, um, oh, man, that works out pretty nice. Do you find um, that's got to be handy in your teaching or they have their phones. You're letting them do that. My kids, you know, 10 years ago, they couldn't even pull their phones out. They'd get them taken away. Are you using their phones as part of the learning experience then in in that way? I think we have a ways to go, but I'm just trying to show them appropriate ways to use their technology that they have in their hands. Um, We have a program, a curriculum that works already on the laptops, uh, one-to-one laptops. So, um, they're already having that in front of them, but you know, I just want them to, to figure out ways to use their technology in a responsible yeah. way. Yeah. yeah. This would be handy. I think that again, this would be handy, especially on the fly. You saw how fast I made this. Mm-hmm. So it's, then I don't have to open another program. I, I can just grab the QR code, put the link in or copy and paste the link in and say, go here or right. save this here or what, however you guys um, however it works for you could be, be could be kind of handy yeah, for me uh, uh, when I was recruiting, when I was doing, you know, software development recruiting, I'd like to take, I like to take a big monitor with me and we would put things on it. Um, in those days, just a couple of years ago, I, to be honest, I couldn't get students to use QR codes. All of a sudden it's caught on again. And, yeah. and it's like, Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Like, it's funny to hear the kids because they, they think this is new. And I'm like, oh, sorry. Like it's been around a while, but you're just, you're just using it. It's just gone back and forth on QR. It's so weird how some, sometimes it's worked and other times it hasn't. And it seems to be working now. Do, do you, would you say that? Would, students are pretty, 
are pretty good about using QR codes if you if you put it I, up there? Yeah, it's pretty, uh, I would say probably about half my kids like using it. And then the other half, what I'll do is I'll copy the URL and I'll put it into the chat for um, Teams. And then they'll they'll click on that, answer it from the PC that they're already using. Wow. So some prefer still to do it that way and, and that's fine. Yeah. Okay, cool. Brian, anything else? Uh, we're, we're kind of, we're, we're bumping against the end here, but is, you've listened to the show for a long time. Anything else mm-hmm. you want to add uh, before we go? Um, not without breaking into brand new topics. So no, <laughs> I think, <laughs> yeah. What, yeah. what, let me ask you this question. You're a Patreon supporter and thank you for doing that. Sure. I appreciate, I appreciate that. I reached out a couple months ago to all the Patreon supporters and said, Hey, you want to be on the show? And you said, yes, it, it's actually been a blast. Like I have really enjoyed getting to know, Oh, my timer just went off. I don't know if you, it was really loud. I don't know if you heard that. Did you hear it come through the microphone? Mm -hmm. The the timer? Yeah. So I should probably close this so it doesn't do it again. Um, That was really loud. (laughs) The, I wonder if it played. No, it would have had to come through. It would have had to come out of here. Was it faint when you heard the the ring? It was just a little ding. Yeah, yeah. I heard it, but it wasn't like super yeah. loud. Yeah. Um, I've really enjoyed getting to know, like, I don't know if I would have done this if I hadn't opened it up to you guys uh, to say, hey, do you want to be on just to kind of talk? So it's been a, it's been a blast for me. So thank you for, for doing it. What, um, wh- I haven't asked anybody this to date, but I'm going to ask you. What would you love to see us do in the future? Like, you keep listening. I mm-hmm. should ask why. <laughs> Maybe I don't want to know the answer why. But what? How could we? How could we keep? What? What would you like to see us do here on Home Gadget Geeks that that would would be interesting to you? Do you think? Well, you know, I think you know one of the one of the things, and this would open up a whole huge topic. Was what um, you guys really inspired me to be able to continue. Uh, to grow in, in home automation type things and give me confidence that I didn't have otherwise. And that's been a blessing. And I would say one big thing that I think helps is just keeping in the back of the mind of, you know, that a lot of, you know, that we've got a lot of return listeners, a lot of people who are, are who are watching, but we also have, I'm sure a lot of folks who are picking up um, that hadn't listened before. Mm-hmm. And I think being, just being cognizant of being able to bring everyone along for the ride and, um, I think, you know, as you you guys do a great job of that already and just continuing that and bringing on uh, when I think of things like problem solution, you know, what's a problem we're facing in our lives and how do we solve it? And if it, it, when it intersects with technology, that's, that's the, that's the idea with the show. Yeah. Well, it really becomes like the conversations that we have at the meetups, you know, when we get together in person, do we, that's, it's, you know, it's not everybody talking at once, but it's one person and me asking questions. And then we take questions or ideas from the chat room and bring them in. It's just curated form of it that we yeah. do, but we try to keep it. Never wanted to be a review show. I've tried. I'm not, I'm terrible at it. I just, I hate doing reviews. Don't, sure. there's plenty of people that do that so much better than I do. But the community aspect of it, right? Just conversations, I think, is what a lot. Uh, uh, I think what most people listen to it for. Otherwise, they wouldn't be. They would have stopped listening to it because it's pretty much a hundred percent conversations. Right. Yeah. So, well, thanks, Brian. Thanks for for co- one. Thanks for coming on again. Uh, appreciate doing. It. Thanks for listening. You know, sure. it's just you do this stuff all the time. I I I'm actually still surprised. There's. You know, 
Saturdays when I'm posting this thing. And I have a, I've gotten a pretty regular schedule now of getting this posted somewhere between noon and one on, on Saturdays. That happens because I'm listening to Cigar Authority while I'm while I'm editing this thing. And it almost always works where somewhere between noon and one central, I publish it. I want to get it done as soon as Cigars Authority over. I got to go mow the lawn or I got to go get my chores done or right, those kinds of things. So I try to get it. Um, I try to get it done. So it's been it's gotten done on a really regular schedule. But thanks for listening and thanks for hanging around and coming in the chat room. It's a ton of fun. Big thanks to everybody who came out into the chat room tonight. Is it weird being on this side of it as opposed to being in the chat room? <laughs> it is, but you know, you have you have the type of personality that just makes you feel like you're welcomed, and uh, yeah. you know, even yeah. even the listeners in the in the chat. It's just it's part of the show. You're just part of the group, and uh, that's a that not everyone does that, and so I really appreciate that. Yeah, it's a ton of fun. I just I really enjoy it. There's some Thursdays I'm like, do I keep going? Yeah. Let's do it again. Let's let's do it again. I should I I would be negligent if I didn't ask you this question though on the way out. Crypto? Have you gotten into it? Have we gotten you into crypto or are you avoiding it? I, I wouldn't say necessarily that I'm avoiding it, but it's it has not been something that I've gotten into. Um I yeah, it's just something that I just yeah, haven't. Good good haven't call. Done. It's complicated. I, I mean, yeah. I mean I have nothing necessarily yeah. against it. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. My daughter, she's Sammy will be on next Friday. Uh-huh. Uh, Thanksgiving, the Thanksgiving Friday here in the US. She's she thinks crypto is the evilest thing ever. Like well, the yeah. Yeah. I, I hear like the the conversations about um oh, what was the, the big issue that was something that got Bitcoin specifically, I think, wasn't it? That that was real that got a lot of people upset. Well, um, right, well, right now, I mean, one, it supports the dark, the dark web, right? I mean, yeah. it, it, let's just be real clear. It, it's the financial system for the dark web. And then two, I mean, it's it it's it is not efficient at all. I mean, especially Bitcoin. Like it's created on gigantic, it takes a gigantic amount of energy to create that must be what it was. Yeah. 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 And you kind of go, is this responsible? I'm not sure that they ever thought about this when they were developing it the first time. Like, like, sure. oh, oh, geez, like this is going to take, like, people are going to go. Cr- I think they were just happy a few people did it. Right, this is going to take an enormous amount of energy to get. And then, and now, I mean, I think Bitcoin mining represents more power usage than a couple of European countries put together, or something like that. I mean, it's ridiculous, right? Yeah. So she's she hates it like she and what, I, you know i think one of the frustrating things um would be you know with the chip shortages and the folks buying up you know what, what is it like gpus and stuff for yeah. this type of thing yep. and yep. it keeps out of the hands of other folks who might yeah. want to use it for other purposes so yeah. I, I can see that aspect yeah. sure yeah it's yeah. definitely supply and demand and it's created some crazy demand for some of those yeah. things and you just kind of go and I always remind her, I'm into hard drive mining now. That's what I do. I'm more efficient. It's, you know, gentler on the environment. Yeah, dad, but they still got to make them. So, you know, you're, you're like, you don't really need all that storage. Well, yeah, no, I don't. But okay. So we'll just agree to disagree. So she's yeah. com- she's coming on in a couple of weeks. And I'm sure I'll have to, we've never really talked about it, but I will probably breach the, the crypto conversation with her on that Friday. Um, she's gotten a little more opinionated over the last couple of years. So I think she'll probably let me have it. 
if you've listened to the show with Sammy, <laughs> you know she can let me have it. So and I I like it. So it's it's all good. So Brian, thanks again for for coming on. Appreciate it. And and hang tight with me here for one sec. We'll do a little bit of a post show. A couple of reminders: yeah. the the uh, home gadget geeks, of course, in the average guy.tv. Really pay, uh, powered by Maple Grove Partners. Get secure, reliable, high-speed hosting from people that you know and you trust. And, of course, you know Christian. I need to call him. I haven't done that in a while. I need to talk to him. Um, uh, head out to maplegrovepartners.com and plans start. No inflation. I mean, we had record inflation in the United States in October. But no inflation going on at Maple Grove Partners. $10 plans get you what you need, and you can set that up and get that rolling today. And, of course, Christian will get you going for it maplegrovepartners.com. I will big thanks to our Patreon subscribers and Brian's one of those as well. And it, listen, if you're listening to this and I sent you an email inviting you on and maybe you missed it, just contact me. Let me know. And if you're thinking, if you'd like to jump on the show, uh, I'd love to have you on as a Patreon subscriber. So let me know, Jim at theaverageguy.tv. You can always send me your feedback on the show and the things we're doing and show ideas and some of those kinds of things. We got some really great guests coming up. Jay Madison uh, is coming back. I mentioned Sammy um, is coming back. I'm getting uh, I'm getting Marv to come back. So we've got some folks coming up. We'll get Aaron lined up as well. And uh, we got some great guests coming on both here uh, through December. And then I'm starting to book for January. So we'd like to we'd like to see you in here if this is something. And if you got something to say, let me know. We'll see if we can get you in and and get it done. We are live every Thursday, 8 p.m. Central. Almost every Thursday. We're not to Thanksgiving yet, right? We have two weeks here in the United States of Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. So not next week. Next week is just Mike and I, I think. Then Thanksgiving, no Thursday show, the 20, I want to say the 25th. And then yeah. 26th, Sammy and I are here at 8 o'clock that Friday. She's going to blast me. She's got a little mouth. So she's probably going to blast me. <laughs> I shouldn't say a little mouthy. She's got a really mouthy. And uh, she'll be here. I think we're going to have a good time together. We'd love to have you come out for that Friday live show. You'll have recovered from your Thanksgiving, here in the U.S. anyways, your Thanksgiving coma. Come and join us on Friday night, 8 p.m. Central, 9 Eastern. If you're joining us live, stay around for a smidge of a post show. With that, we'll say goodbye.